Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. It was that same yearning for freedom that nearly 250 years ago gave birth to a special place called America. It was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. It was home to an incredible people with a revolutionary idea that they could rule themselves, that they could chart their own destiny, and that together they could light up the entire world. Boy, don't you always love hearing those words uh, uh, out of President Trump's mouth? That's a beautiful, beautiful segment there. Uh, And he expresses there the love for this country based on an awareness of its principles and its history. Well, welcome to Praying for America. That's what we do here. We delve into the principles, the history. We look at the news from a patriotic and biblical perspective. And we don't just comment on the news. We pray over the news. I want to pray a little bit today over the elections of 2024 and give you a few thoughts that uh, I've been gathering from uh, so many of you, actually, and so many of our great uh, conservative and and uh, America First uh, patriots and commentators. And then I want to continue reading through a whole bunch of questions that I've gotten from you, our audience, and uh, uh, give you some, some, some of my answers as best I can. But let's begin with uh, scripture, as we always do. I want to go to the book of the prophet Joel. And in the second chapter, he uh, begins uh, t- calling the people to repentance. And he says this, starting in verse 12 of chapter 2. <clears throat> Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For gracious is he and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room, and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare, O Lord, your people. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Let us pray. Lord, the founders of this nation believed that our prosperity depended in large part upon our repentance from sin. They dared to undertake this courageous experiment in self-governance and their courageous act of declaring independence from tyranny. But they knew, Lord God, that it could be done only with a firm reliance on you, on your love and providence, 
and in obedience to your law. They appeal to you as the supreme judge of the nations for the rightness of their intentions. And so do we. Lord, as we work to save America, we are not working out of some selfish motive. As we work to make America great, we are not doing it out of any political worship or idolatry or simply self-interest. Lord, we are doing it because of what the prophet Joel just said. We are seeking you. We are repenting of sin. We are begging that the community that we belong to will forsake evil ways. We are seeking you, Lord God. Politics is not our salvation. But part of our response to you depends that we be politically wise and active. Bless our nation as we continue to move forward in your grace. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Isn't that a great passage from the prophet Joel? You know, the season of Lent is coming up in a, in a few weeks, and uh, that's the passage that you'll hear on Ash Wednesday in the first reading of the of the liturgy. Beautiful call to repentance. Well, before I start uh, uh, some thoughts about elections 2024, I want to refer to uh, good pieces of reading uh, to you. I'm reading through this book by Ryan Anderson and Alexandra DeSanctis called Tearing Us Apart. The subtitle is How Abortion Harms Everything and Solves Nothing. You know, some people think it's it's an isolated issue over here. It may or may not get their attention. But a book like this, which really corresponds very much to what we in my ministry of Priests for Life have been teaching uh, the nation about abortion, shows how it is interconnected with so many other issues that are good as a community, as a nation, our health, even our security. Abortion harms everything it touches. And it's a multifaceted web of harm that results. Great book, Tearing Us Apart, How Abortion Harms Everything and Solves Nothing. Ryan Anderson, Alexandra DeSanctis. Look it up. It's good reading. Also, if you go to abortionwatch.com, abortionwatch.com, you'll find this report. The National Right to Life Committee, one of the key right to life organizations in the nation, has put together and does put together each year and releases it in January, a document called The State of Abortion in the United States. Basically what it gives is an overview of where we are at in regard to this issue. The latest statistics, the numbers, the polls, where we are politically, where we are legislatively, where we are culturally. Not a very long document, as you can see. As a matter of fact, I'm holding in my hand, what is it, 84 pages. But very, very up-to-date and valuable information on these various key aspects of the issue. So go to abortionwatch.com and you'll see this document. Okay. As we go into elections 2024, first of all, on the Democrat side of things, we see some interesting things happening. We see key people departing from the Biden administration. We see a lot of top Democrats 
well, we've seen this for a long time, failing to express support for him running again. And him running again, it almost seems like a sort of like one of the most ridiculous things anyone can propose. And I really don't think that the party and those who run the party want him to run or believe that he should or believe that he even could. I mean, he can't even exercise the, the responsibilities of the office while he's in it. H- how is he going to run for it again? I, I, and I think it's a delusion. And I'm sure many of you are, are, agree with that. Or most of you agree with that. Uh, so I think we're going to see, and maybe part of what we're seeing with all this document scandal, we haven't talked too much about the document scandal, but you know, one of the theories behind it, and I'm sure you've heard it from other commentators, is that this is being and has been prompted by and even engineered by people in the Biden circles who say, you know, we've got to find some way to distance ourselves from him, to create a circumstance where uh, he cannot run again or where it's clear that he shouldn't, uh, get the media to even turn on him. And we've seen many stories about how uh, the um, left-wing media are indeed uh, uh, running from him or dropping their unquestioning support uh, of him. This is part of the dynamic of what's going on uh, so far with elections 2024. On the Republican side, we know that uh, President Trump has been uh, the first and now for a while so far the only uh, contender to announce his firm intention of running again. Apparently, Nikki Haley will, in a matter of uh, days, make uh, a similar announcement. So she'll be the second to throw her hat into the ring, which is interesting because she had said at one point in the past that she would not run if, in fact, President Trump did. And uh, so I guess she's had a change of opinion in regard to to that. When it comes to President Trump himself, we have some interesting dynamics going on. He has not yet started the big rallies that will, no doubt, again, mark this campaign as they marked his previous two campaigns, and certainly we'll be watching those rallies. Uh, you know, we'll be seeing more of him because now, of course, social media, which has, has, and we'll get back to this point in a second, which has blocked and banned him for so long now, a couple of years now, uh, the, the, is loosening, okay? It's opening up, of course, with Elon Musk and Twitter. We have his account, at least, back on uh Twitter and of course Truth Social. He's established that as his number one place, a primary favorite place. I hope you have your Truth Social account. I'm at fr Frank Pavone on Truth Social, and uh, even Facebook and Instagram now opened back up to him, which means not just that. I mean, we're all looking at you know how much is he going to use these platforms, and that in and of itself is an important question. It's obviously an important question for his campaign because these are major ways of of, of communicating with people in our world today. But put that question aside for a moment and think of it this way. What it means is you can do more on your accounts on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, if indeed you, you even use those. I know a lot of people have gone away from those, and I respect that. But to the extent that you may be using those, 
you can post more Trump material than you were able to before. While they were banning him, you know, it wasn't just a restriction on what he could do. It was a restriction on what the rest of us could do. If I wanted to share a video of President Trump, my team would, oh, my social media team would always tell me, oh, no, no, Father Frank, you can't do that because, uh, you know, then they're going to put a strike against you. But now they've opened the door to him. They've opened the door to all of us to post material from the 45th president and uh, uh, keep that in mind. Now, obviously, people have different ideas about uh, who should be the nominee. Hey, listen, that's what we can all respect each other. That's why we have a primary process. OK, uh, I'm, I personally am, have endorsed President Trump, but you know, people can have disagreements and, and, and still be just as passionate about the America first agenda. President Trump himself has made it clear. It's not about him personally. It's about a movement. It's about a country. It's about a set of ideals, obviously. He believes and his supporters believe he's the best person to implement those things. But it's not the same as if the movement was, you know, as some of our critics say, an idolatry around a particular person. That's not it at all. And everybody knows everybody has uh, faults. And, and um, but you know, what we, we, we see his, his polling improving, though. And this is another one of the, the dynamics here um, in uh, 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 the race in regard to President Trump. We have seen in the last few months, you know, in certain sectors, a certain falling off of support, low, low ratings, a lot of complaints about certain things that he has said or done. But that's but that's turning around. That's been turning around some major polling uh, recently showing really, really rapid rise in President Trump's favorability once again. Now, this, I think, is accounted for by a number of things. Not the least of which is, you know, first of all, there haven't been in a, in a few months, uh, you know, any or many of these things that he has said that have really, you know, ignited a lot of concern among people um, or, or backlash. But I think even more importantly, if you notice what he's been doing and follow, follow his account on Truth Social, he has been making some very, very disciplined, measured, sensible statements about policy. And I know that many of those who advise him have been saying, look, this is what you've got to do at this point in time, before you, even before you start having the, the big rallies, which of course contain a lot of policy. I mean, I listen to, and I'm sure a lot of you do too, uh, every single rally speech, and you listen to it carefully, and you see there's a lot of substance to it. I mean, there's a lot of rah-rah, and we need that. Um, and, and he knows how to make people laugh, too, while he's making his point. But the, the, the substance, policy-wise, is significant. Well, he's been making very, I would call them very presidential, measured, um, sensible, popular, and strong policy statements whether it has to do with China uh, or, or the economy, or, or any number of things that we're all concerned about. Pay attention to and share along the lines of what I was saying before about now we can share on these social media platforms. We can share more about President Trump, whether or not he makes more use of the platforms, And <clears throat> share what he's saying about policy. Because it's it's very very crucial for uh, his standing in the or any any candidate standing in the presidential uh, arena. Uh, one of the other things to consider here too is this: we have got to, uh, and 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 he has done he has done this. 
the concerns about election integrity need to be forward looking for one thing. And I've been involved and my ministry has been involved. And I know many of you have been involved in some serious forward looking activity related to election integrity. We have, for example, and I want to mention this also in relation to one of your questions, uh, uh, which I'm going to get to in, in a second, um, but at ProLifeVote.com, which is our main election site for our, our ministry. We have uh, a place where people can sign up to volunteer to do things for the election. I want to encourage you to do that. And, and ProLifeVote.com, when people sign up to do things for the election, uh, one of the things we've been having them do is to help out on an election integrity effort by which you actually assist in locating discrepancies in particular precincts so that people on the ground in those areas can go research what went wrong. For example, you're looking through a set of data, and if you see, you know, a hundred different voters at one address, something's weird about that. And then people on the ground in that community, there's a whole, in other words, this project is part of a whole network of people that are out there ready to do this. People on the ground in that community are, are tipped off and we, we, we tell them, hey, listen, check out this address. How come there's 100 different voters with, with the same address? And they go there and they find an empty lot or an abandoned building or they just don't find the address anyplace. That's something that has to be fixed and brought to the attention of the the local authorities and clean up those voter rolls. Who knows? Maybe it was a valid thing at one point. It was an apartment building there or something. But if it's an empty lot right now, that's uh, more than suspicious. So now, but what I'm saying is besides election integrity matters being forward looking, um, one of the points of emphasis that... Um, is 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 fruitful politically to focus on is how government how government was suppressing certain stories from getting out from the media and of course on social media about for example the Hunter Biden laptop now if some of these stories hadn't been censored the results of the election, no doubt, would have been different. Biden would not have gotten in. That's a key area for discussion when you want to talk about how the election turned out and why. And President Trump is, 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 is uh, as, as are so many others, very right for, for raising those questions. And one other thing where he is uniquely qualified to speak, the censorship by big tech, showing how this has affected him, showing how this has hurt him. And, and, and that plugs into a key concern of so many Americans, how it affects us individually or our organizations, our ministries, our efforts to help our nation. And uh, pointing out these, these dynamics of the censorship in big tech, this is an election issue. This is a big election issue for 2024. And what does each candidate intend to do about all this? Crucially important.
So those are, you know, the race is on now. The final point I would make here before, and I'll take some of your, take some of your questions here that I've gotten. The election is now. You know, we always say that, and, and it seems like every election cycle, we get started too late. You know, right now is the beginning of 2023. And we might be tempted to think, well, the election of 2024, that's, that's at the end of next year. Don't just think of it as the end of next year. Sure, election day is at the end of next year. But the election is already underway now. That mental shift, that kind of focus, that level of awareness is crucial to have right now in order to gain the victory. Because if it's right now, we've got to be doing something right now. Each of us should be doing something every single day to ensure that in 2024, we expand our majority in the House, we win back the Senate, and we win back the White House. You put those three, put them on, put them on your wall, but make a little, just be a regular piece of paper, frame it and post it somewhere. Increase the House, win back the Senate, take back the White House. What can I do each day? Each day, starting now, to make sure that that happens. One of the things, again, pointing back to uh, ProLifeVote.com, is that we have training seminars. We have um, uh, resources and projects and activities. You can sign up and be part of our, our Zoom calls our election trainings, we have various guests, we have very practical to-do items, we're raising up people in every state, in every congressional district, all clear across the country. Join up, check us out, see what we're doing, and join your fellow patriots and and uh, pro-life Americans and believers in uh, making a difference starting even now. Also at prolifevote.com, we have an election calendar up there. We've put up now some of the main dates for the 2024 elections, it's important now, being like I said, that we have to have the mindset that the election season is well underway. We want to understand from our own thinking, you know, when, when is primary season? When uh, are the conventions? When, uh, when can we expect to see more candidates declaring for their presidential race? When do all these things happen? And there is a specific timeline, and it's important to know it. And you'll see it there on our election calendar link. Again, the main website being prolifevote.com. Okay, so let's take some of the, oh, obviously our prayer campaign, you know, electionprayer.com is, uh, we'll be getting into saying that prayer more frequently, but uh, electionprayer.com is a simple election prayer that if you followed our work, you're well familiar with it. Many people have it memorized by now because we've been using it for several election cycles. Uh, it's a good prayer, interdenominational prayer uh, that really helps us to uh, get into the election mindset. Uh, let's look at some questions that have come in. Uh, this one uh, uh, ties in with what we were just saying. Is there a map of the USA depicting which states are pro-choice and which are pro-life? Again, a key electoral issue, of course. And yes, at prolifevote.com, you'll find a link to that too. Because we deal especially with how this issue impacts elections. And by the way, it's a winning issue. It's not a losing issue. 
don't have any doubt about that, pro-life. When a candidate stands up and says, first purpose of government is the protection of life, and I believe we need to do better in protecting our children, that's a winning issue. You, you, de you declare, not just that you're pro-life, you declare clearly and compassionately why you believe that it's wrong to have and support policies that permit and encourage the destruction of babies. Um, it's a winning issue. Which, which states have, have, have advanced pro-life policies? Which ones haven't? Some have expanded abortion. You'll see at prolifevote.com, you'll see the map. All right, another question. Can we get a pro-life chaplain for the House of Representatives? Right now, there's a Presbyterian minister by the name of Margaret Kibban, who is actually the first woman to fill this chaplain's role. The chaplain of the House is elected every two years. So it's a two-year term. She was just re-elected for her second term as House chaplain. Um, I don't know much about her. I wouldn't put any... Uh, any uh, hopes in uh, her having any kind of pro-life position. But can we get a pro-life chaplain for the House of Representatives? Well, again, it's, uh, it's a uh, process that happens every two years that um, um, is, uh, has just happened for the, current, uh, for the current House of Representatives. Margaret Kibben uh, is the person in that position now. Um, what can priests do for the pro-life movement? It was one uh, a question also that came in. And, uh, you know, preaching is key. We help train priests how to preach the pro-life message. We have, I wrote a whole book on the topic. Uh, preaching and teaching is key. People rely on their clergy to get this um, influx of uh, gospel-oriented uh, guidance. Leading prayer, obviously, part of what the clergy do by definition, but leading prayer that is specifically focused on this issue. And, of course, mobilizing people for action, including political action. So getting the congregation registered to vote. And speaking about the election starting now, that's one of the things that can be done at any time. With every election, there's a deadline in each state for when you, you can register to vote, if you're not registered already, when you can register to vote for that particular election. We're well ahead of the deadlines right now. Let's do it now. Let's have the churches doing voter registration. Perfectly acceptable, nonpartisan registration activity. And it can mobilize the people for all kinds of other action. I mean, many churches, you know, will call on their people to take part in prayer vigils outside of abortion facilities and the like. Much, much, much can be done. So let's pray, friends, about all these things that we've just uh, discussed. Let's turn to the Lord. So, Father, the election has begun. We ask you to bless President Trump and bless all those others, Lord, who have it in their heart to declare their candidacy and bless our primary process. We ask, Lord, that the voters of this nation will take this process seriously, will educate themselves about the candidates, will listen, will interact, will ask the questions, 
that are on their hearts and make the challenges that need to be made. Bless this entire process. Uh, Lord, raise up the pastors, as we were just discussing, to preach, to teach, to pray, to mobilize, to register voters, to do all the things that they are enabled to do so that a difference can be made. Lord, we ask uh, your blessing in advance of the the great uh, rallies that will occur for saving America and that they will cause people to pay attention, to get on board for the sake of the nation, to think in terms of life-saving policies that make and keep our nation great. We pray, Lord God, for the political operatives and strategists in both parties. We pray, Lord God, that the hearts of these people will be focused on what is good for the people, what is good and beneficial for the nation, not just for their candidate. Bless, Lord, all your people. Raise them up to an active participation rather than a passive observation and complaining about what is going on, but rather a participation in changing what is going on. And now we pray for all these intentions, and we pray for the intentions of our viewers that are being mentioned in the comments and that they hold in their hearts by offering the prayer Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Friends, follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Follow Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. Make sure you're on Getter. Getter, we thank you for broadcasting us. And all of you who are sharing these videos, telling others about these programs, and, 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 and making yourselves known to us on the social media platforms, including Truth Social, thank you very much. And we will be back with a special program tomorrow where I'm going to share with you one of our new broadcasts uh, that is done with my associate, Janet Morana. And you're going to learn a lot more about my ministry tomorrow night. Stick with us each night on Praying for America. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.